Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Flappy Socks um, because that's what I've been dealing with all month is how to not have flappy socks around my ankles. So there's quite a nice amount of sock talk for you in this one. My name is Faye. I've just been waving at the screen, so listeners, I apologise, but I do this when I listen to podcasts as well. When I listen and watch other podcasts and they say, hello, I'm the one that sat there going, hello, <laughs> talking back like they can hear me and see me. So I'm sure I'm not the only one that does that. So for those of you that do, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, What can I say? I woke up this morning in one of those giddy moods. I think I'm autumn giddy. It's starting to get a little bit cooler. And whilst I do like a bit of sunshine, I quite like colder winter months as well. If they were really long days, but a bit crisper, I'd be very happy. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit giddy and I've got that little naughty glint in my eye today. So be warned world. Um, yeah, there's, there's trouble here. I, I'm feeling like um, naughtiness is the best route forward today. <laughs> so, as I said, my name is Faye and I am coming to you from Cheshire in England. Um, and I deliver this podcast on a monthly basis and it comes out on the first Friday of every month. It's been quite a quick month this time. Um, I'm still in... August and I'm recording ready for a 1st of September published date. Usually it's a few days later so I don't have as many FOs and whips as usual um, and that's for another good reason as well which I will talk to you about. So you can find me on Instagram as crochet underscore circle underscore podcast and also me personally with the company is knit it hook it. Um, also on Ravelry, we've got a really lovely group, which is called the Crochet Circle Podcast Group. And I am Ma Dashper on Ravelry. All of those details are in the show notes and show up on the screen at the beginning and the end of the YouTube video as well. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can see what I've been up to. Although I have to issue a general apology for being a little... AWOL recently. Um, there are a couple of things that are going on in my life and that's leading to me, well, that has led to me being a little less social than normal, particularly on Ravelry. So apologies for that because I do like to be active and I feel like I haven't really been active in Ravelry over the summer. So two things. One, I'm working on some projects which are just amazing, absolutely um. I'm gobsmacked that I'm working on these projects. So I can't explain to you now, but when I can, you will all understand and say, yes, 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 that was an opportunity that had to be grabbed and prioritised. Um, and I'm hoping I might be able to tell you a little bit more about that in the next podcast. And also, um, I did put this out in Ravelry a little while back, but I'm probably leading up to having a shoulder operation Um I've got an appointment with a specialist in September and it's an operation that I've already had on my left hand side and now I've got the exact same issue in my right shoulder which means that every time I crochet or knit 
it's exacerbating the issue. So with with my left shoulder, I could barely put on a jacket or drive or pull a bag or lift anything by the time I had the operation on that one. And I can feel exactly the same thing happening. So what I'm trying to do is be preemptive and get the operation really early this time rather than let it um, be quite debilitative. And I would much rather get in early, get the operation early, sidestep all of the other stuff that they try to do, like give me steroid injections and physio, because I know they don't work for me for this particular ailment. But that does mean is that I'm probably looking at an operation in November time. So I'm having to get as many designs and do as much crocheting as I can now, because after the operation, I'm probably more likely to be able to do more computer work. So that could be pattern writing, all the stuff from Ravelry that I want to catch up on, um, all the other bits and pieces that I have to do for the business, like the dull stuff, like the accounts, I can do rather than taking up that crochet time now. I'll do um, lots of that stuff later in the year. So it's no big deal. It's an in and out in one day operation. But what they do is keyhole surgery in three parts of my shoulder, backside and front and I, I don't think it will be any different from my right hand side so it probably means realistically two to three weeks of me not crocheting and then having to build it up slowly. So hence I am hell for leather at the moment just trying to get everything done and dusted pattern wise I can do now because then the other stuff can come afterwards. So that's kind of one of the reasons I've been a little less active on social media and on Ravelry. And apologies for that. It's not for any other reason other than I just have to prioritise my time at the moment. And um, yeah, I, I will be back. Hopefully maybe starting a little bit more next week as things are starting to calm down a little. Shall we move on to old dog new tricks? I, I know lots and lots of people um, sign in for things like Audible and pay this monthly fee. I do Audible and we also have Spotify in our house. And I was listening to some radio adverts that were talking about a new app called Readly.com and it's a magazine app. And I was a bit interested to see what craft titles they had on there. And with Spotify and some of the other ones, you can share... You can share your account with other people, but they have to live with you. With Readly, you don't, and you can add five people into one account, which means that for £7.99, I can add four other people into my account, and they can all get access to the magazines as well. Hmm. So I had a little look before I signed up. I've been doing a free trial throughout August just to make sure it was something that I wanted to sign up to. And it's really, really good. And they've got all sorts of titles in there. Now, under the crafting, they've got lots of knitting magazines. Um, Simply Crochet is in there. Molly Makes is in there. For some of you, you might remember a craft title that doesn't go anymore, but it was called Craft Seller. It's really, really good content. Um, and they're all on the readly.com app and they are adding more titles as and as and when they, they can. Um, it downloads really well, the functionality of it is really good as well. And I can't find anything in the terms and conditions that says that I can't share 
with people that don't live with us and aren't necessarily family. So I've done it around wool gathering and my friend Jenny has got one of them as well. So I've been able to share this out with people and we're all benefiting from seven ninety nine a month, which I think is a really good deal considering some of the crafting magazines are kind of four ninety nine, five ninety nine a month each. So if I'm able to get Simply Crochet Molly Makes for me and then Matthew's got access to Empire Magazine. Rosina, I'm thinking of you. You might quite like this as well. Um, but Empire Magazine, SFX, a lot of the kind of um, gossip magazines are on there. All the kind of Grazia stuff, I think, is on there as well. Um, you can tell I'm really into those. Um, but for 7 99 I just thought that was an amazing way of digitally getting your magazine fix without having hard copies you can always go back to them so it's not just that month that you've gotten then you read it and then it disappears actually you can go through all of the back issues so I've now got access to all of the back issues of Simply Crochet magazine now I have repeatedly gone and bought different patterns from them at 3.99, 4.99 when I've missed the magazine and then seen somebody else making it so for me that's a really savvy way of getting access to loads of patterns and and being able to share it out with friends and family. I'll pop all of the details into the show notes and like I say I've not seen anything in the terms and conditions that says that what I'm doing is unacceptable but $7.99 a month for like hundreds of magazine titles across lots and lots of interests including things I think like National Geographic is in there there's all sorts so and they're doing a one month free trial as well so if it's something that you're interested in and you can share it out I would say go for it the downside is you can only download it to one piece of equipment per email address so I've chosen an iPad which Matthew and I share which means that he can go into it and get the magazines that he's interested in and I can go into it and get mine, but it's not on one of our individual computers. And that seems to be working really quite nicely. I know Jenny has done the same thing, so it's on her Kindle Fire, which means that her son has got access to it, so he can um, read comics, and she can get all of her crafting stuff, and her husband Fraser can get access to Empire SFX, the kind of things that he's into. So seven ninety nine a month? I think that's a bit of a bargain and I thought it was one that was worth sharing under old dog new tricks. Going to move on to finished objects. It's been a very soggy month. I said last time round, I think I had a teddy bear sombrero <laughs> when I recorded last time round and what I'd been working on were the Gorman Street socks which are from Ron Strong's Step Into Crochet Book, which I was very kindly gifted by Claudia Crochet Luna. So my intention is to not talk in any great depth about this book today, um, but to tackle that next podcast when I have done a second pair from this book um, and to talk a little bit more about some of the yarns I've been using as well. But the bit that I did want to tackle now is because I know quite a few people have the same issue and I think I've found a workaround. So I wanted to um, talk about it and show people 
um, what it was. And I've already taken photos, so the photos will go up into the show notes so I can show you the differences that I made to each pattern. Now, what I'm going to talk about is part of the pattern that's in this book, but it is a standard rib, so I'm not giving away any detail or any information that is specific to Ron Strong and this book. And, uh, yeah, so I just want to talk through how I changed it. So the first one that I did was in the Regia. Um, it's a four-ply, it's one of their standard yarns, it is, I'm fairly sure, 75% wool, 25% nylon. Yeah. And um, what I found when I was working through the pattern is it was a lovely dense wool um, yarn. It was really quite nice on my foot. But what happened at the top on the ribbing, because it's a, it's a, I think it's a seven stitch rib that you have. It was just too tall and it was really, really flappy. Now, I have got really quite thin legs and really narrow ankles. So, one, I'm probably always going to have more problems than the average sized person. Um, but this was just so ridiculously flappy. It looked stupid on my foot. You'll see in the photos. So I didn't want that. I mean, it would have been okay if I'd turned them down. But given that they're already shorty socks, they'd have looked really stupid turned down and not really fit for purpose. So I started, rather than doing the second sock of this, and I'll tell you why in a moment, I moved on to trying it in a different yarn and adapting the pattern ever so slightly. So what I moved on to was the Sock Share by Koopnitz. And I really like working with this yarn and I don't just use it for socks. I have crocheted another pair of socks in this previously, but I've also used it for... Um, knitted jumpers for all sorts of stuff. It's a really nice versatile yarn and this colourway that I'm showing and is in the photos is 102 and that's Amalite and again this is a 75% um, merino wool and 25% nylon. Now within the pattern it calls for a 2.5mm hook and I used a 3mm hook because I'm quite a tight crochet and I also came down to a 40 stitch count rather than the size small which was a 44. So I did quite a lot of changing around with this pattern. But with the standard sock rib what they ask you to do is when you come to the top of the rib chain one uh, as you normally would for your turning chain and then come down the stitches and that was what was just making the sock really really flappy. Now I thought about going down a hook size um, but I didn't really want to and I also thought about having fewer stitches so that there would automatically be less height and therefore less flap. So in the second sock that I did I came down to a four stitch um, vertical rib and instead of doing the chain one at the top of every part of the rib I did it every second. So on one I wouldn't chain and I would just um, double back on myself and come down the stitch and then on the next one when I was coming back down I would chain one and come back down the, the vertical rib and that worked pretty well but still it's a little bit flappy for my like, ridiculous skinny ankles. So on the third sock I really feel like I can well and truly review this pattern. 
on the third sock, I just didn't do any chains. And it is the perfect fit for my ankle. And I know I'm not the only one with this problem. I know Caroline um, Clarissabeth's mum from Crochet Cakes podcast also has this problem. And she, so much so that she started to knit her rib in her crochet socks. Because otherwise she also gets flappy socks. So You'll see from the photos in the video that there is definitely a difference between the no chains at all at the top of the rib and the every other chain at the top of the rib. And I know which one I'll be going for from now on in. So if you've got larger ankles, you will probably want to stick to a standard rib. If you're somewhere in between, chain every other, every other vertical. And if you're like me and you're of the stupid skinny ankle variety then I wouldn't do the chain at the top and that seems to produce a really nice sock rib. So that's what I will do from now on in. Now that's not a fault of the pattern at all um, it's just that you need to find your own way forward with these things and it's something that I had previously worked out for a cowl that I designed Um, I found that the having the chain and it just made it too wide and too bulky and it didn't quite suit the nature of the design but actually going without that chain just worked perfectly. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is that <laughs> with the uh, the regular one that I've done I am not going to crochet the second sock in this. I'm sure, I know it feels really nice on my foot um, but I absolutely hated crocheting with this yarn. And I don't say that lightly. You guys know me. I'm very positive. I will find good things in most areas. I, I will always try and talk positively about stuff. When it comes to crocheting this regular four-ply yarn, I don't have anything positive to say about it. I am sure it will knit up really nicely. And I've used very similar yarns and I've used regular to knit socks with previously. But it doesn't have a particularly high twist on it and it split on almost every single stitch and it drove me nuts. It really did. I could not wait to get this off my hook. I was done in with it by the end of it. I was planning on ripping it all out as we were sitting talking and winding the, the ball back up and just doing away with this. However... Moving on to a future whip, the next sock that I want to do from this range in this book for part of the review are the Mordecai socks and they actually use the same stitch for the foot. Now they've got a cable that's coming up the calf which is really nice but it uses the same extended double crochet. Um, single cro extended single crochet in, U in US terminology and what that means is if the foot is using the extended double crochet then it's exactly the same as it was for the Gorman Street toe up socks and what that will allow me to do if, if I keep the two well the one and a half pairs of socks that I've already done then I will be able to do a proper nice feel test on the ball of my feet of how I feel about the four different yarns that I'm eventually going to end up with and that way I'll be able to give I think a really decent review on how the how the yarns have worked for that stitch and for those patterns. 
So this won't be frogged as of yet, but at the end of next month it will be because there is no way that I'm going to take the time out to crochet the second sock in this. I, I would never normally say something like that, but oh, it really just, it did me in. It was too much. So I'll show you in a little bit what I'm going to do with those um, socks, the yarns that I'm proposing to use, just so you can see. But before I do that, I want to show you another finished object that I have. Now, these are called the Rambling Friends socks, and I love them. This was a kit. <laughs> The one and only time in this year that I have broken my yarn band um, was to buy this kit. And I wholeheartedly blame Louise, Adrian and Caroline for um, for making such a nice kit. It's all their fault. It's it's not my fault, it's theirs. But they, it was such a lovely kit and Adrian dyed the yarn and Louise did the pattern and Caroline and her sister-in-law Cathy made the project bag that all came as one. It was absolutely beautiful. And I have finally finished my Rambling Friends socks. The yarn is this really beautiful set of turquoises. So it goes into really deep, coming into such a beautiful, light, almost a minty turquoise green colour. Um, and every time I've taken this out in public and I took it to wool gathering and there were lots of oohs and ahs about this yarn and about the project bag as well and the pattern and just lots of admiration for the colourway. Um, really nice lace pattern. I, I won't say mine's perfect because it's not but I'm not all that fussed about that for socks. I could have put loads of time and effort into it but actually what I wanted was a new pair of comfy socks on my feet. Um, and I'm going to enter these into the Grocery Girls Canadian make-along because, of course, the ladies from the Fibre Friends podcast are all based in Canada. So Canadian dyed yarn, done in a Canadian project bag and a Canadian pattern. So they'll go into the um, to the, the Canadian make-along for that. But I'm really chuffed with them and I deliberately haven't worn them because I wanted to show them in their pristine ways for the podcast and get them photographed properly and uh, yeah tomorrow these little bad boys will be on my feet so yeah I'm really chuffed with them and I seem to still be on very much a bit of a sock making angle whether that's crocheted or knitted I just really like that they're quite quick projects so if it isn't something that you've tried before give it a whirl I think this sock took me probably one of the Gorman Street socks took me, I think it was about five hours, five to six hours. It's really not a lot of time. So depending on how your weekends pan out, you could have a really nice pair of crocheted socks inside of a weekend. That's if you just sit and crochet for your weekend, which I'm sure lots of you don't have the ability to do because of family commitments and everything else, but it would be feasible. And then I've got a couple of other finished objects. One of them is behind me, um, which is something that I was doing for the Festival of Finishing, and it's my Unkia shawl. Never have I been so pleased to get a knitting project off my needles. It's 
I think I finished it about a week and a half ago and I only blocked it this morning because I was so sick of the sight of it. It, it is absolutely beautiful but I don't feel that way about it at the moment it just took so long and in the end it really felt like it was effort and such a bind to do it but I was 305 rows into a 400 row project and I didn't feel like frogging it because who wants to frog 305 rows of lace knitting but I really had to plough through it and just sit with um, deep concentration doing this knitted shot and it is it is beautiful and it's blocking away behind me um, and I'll take some photos and pop them up but at the moment I kind of don't want to see it. <laughs> I think come the winter time I'll be wearing it with pride um, but for now I'm still just utterly sick of it. I think also because I was on a deadline with Festival of Finishing for it I just thought I have to do this rather than I want to do this and that's not as pleasurable for me as setting and getting real joy out of something that said i have whipped through loads and loads of projects under festival of finishing i feel like i'm ready to start the new season with um kind of renewed emphasis because i don't have lots of old term whips hanging about so that's that's really quite good and then my final finished object. It's actually something that I finished when I was away on holiday but I didn't want to show it to you in the last podcast because I hadn't written the pattern up and it's one of my own designs. Now I don't have the shawl in front of me but I will pop photos up into here and I will also pop photos into the show notes. The design is called basalt and it is very much based on basalt columns that you get around the world. Now, our most famous ones in the UK are uh, Fingal's Cave and Giant's Causeway. And what it is, is a hexagonal structure that extrudes up through the rock and creates these beautiful columns. And what I wanted to do was create a shawl that reflected those columns and that's exactly what it does. I've used John Arbin's Knit by Numbers in their four ply. And what I used were two skeins, um, so 200 grams, and one of their mini skeins for the contrast colour of the hexagons. And it was one of those where I was crocheting away on it thinking, this will work, this will work, this will work. And then when I'd finished it, I really wasn't sure about the shape. And it's, you know, with shawls, Sometimes you can fall in love with the shawl and then when you try and wear it, it just doesn't actually wear properly. It doesn't sit properly and it doesn't function as a shawl. And this is one where I had put all of the work into it and I was really concerned that it wasn't going to sit right. And then I put it on, I think it was three different ways and on the third way I was like, oh, that's it. It actually does. It sits really well and it shows the columns coming down and it shows the hexagons and it just shows all of the features and the simplicity of the shawl off really nicely so I'm yeah I'm really pleased with this one it was quite a long time to crochet this one it's in um, half treble crochet and it's quite a bit of increasing and decreasing so it's not although it looks really simple it's not for a beginner um but it's so, it's so fluffy. <laughs> this yarn is just so warm. It's actually, with the stitch, it's actually quite 
a flat fabric, it's not particularly dense, but it is just a little blanket around you. It's really beautiful. So, as I promised, anytime I have a new design out, it will come to the podcast first and you will get a chance to buy it at 50% off. So, Basalt, come Friday when you are listening and watching and getting this podcast, um, Basalt will already be loaded up onto Ravelry. So, if you wanted to buy the pattern, you would get it at 50% off, and all you need to do is pop into the coupon box TCC 50%. Um, but I'll pop that into the show notes so you can get that and I will run that until the end of September so you can get your hands on that for seventy-five. yeah I'd love to see what you make with it um, it's really beautiful on I just I wish I had it here but it's gone off elsewhere to be shown off so um, yeah you'll just have to look at the pretty pictures instead so because of Festival of Finishing I have been ploughing a lot of time and effort into those projects and trying to get them finished. And what that means is that I actually have very few whips. Um, in fact, I only have one really that's not a design that I'm working on. Um, well, a design of my own. And the one that I'm working on at the moment is a cushion cover, which is um, some pattern testing that I'm doing for Jojo Joe, Joe, Joe Twinkle Toes. Um, and it's using the basket weave stitch, which I've never done before. And so when Jo said she was going, she was thinking about putting this out as a pattern, I said I would happily um, test crochet it for her. And there's a little group of us in Instagram that are feeding back on notes and giving um, kind of feedback on the pattern. And what Jo has called for is for people to use the Caden Cakes in the Arran, which I know are hugely popular at the moment, absolutely massive. I see lots of photos of people going to their various um, kind of Hobby Lobby and different craft stores and finding their Karen Cakes. Um, I think they've done it as a cake shop. It's really quite cute the way they've marketed it. Um, but of course, I'm on a yarn ban, so I can't do that. And under Festival of Finishing, there was a shawl that I frogged. And it's a single ply yarn. It was by, I can never pronounce this company pro uh, properly, but I'm fairly sure it was Aruncania. And like I say, it's a single ply and it is just full of earthy tones. It's absolutely gorgeous. So it goes from kind of muted earthy brownie orange into a teal and it's got little dots of a brighter orange almost red in there and a brighter green I mean I'm really not doing it justice the way I'm talking about it but they all pull together and it's really beautiful and you get not the same effect as a Karen cake but you do get that dispersal of colour which is what I was looking for um and, you know, it's really well placed. This is going to be an outdoor cushion. We're coming to the end of the summer and finally I'm doing an extra outdoor cushion for our seating area. But every time the weather has been good, I've been sat outside at our back door. We've got a nice little um, seat and table and I've got our wind-up brolly there and I just sit out and it doesn't matter how sunny it is, I can sit under the umbrella and work away 
put my feet up. I'm not that far from the kettle, which is essential for me. And I can just sit there and crochet and work on patterns. And crucially, I can get Wi-Fi from out there, which means I can sit and keep up with work or I can watch podcasts out there. So it's just perfect. And one of the things that I'd quite like is another cushion that I can just pop in behind my back. And so that's what this will be. It's a one-sided cushion panel. You could do it two-sided if that's what you wanted. And the way that Jo has done the pattern is that you just add a piece of lovely fabric onto the back. Um, so Jo is looking at having this up and available, not this weekend, but next weekend, which is the second weekend of September. And it's a free of charge pattern. So if you fancy having a go at this cushion cover, um, give it a while, go and see what Jo's got on her pattern. Um, and if you haven't done basket weave stitch before, it's a lot easier than I thought it was. I've done um, a little bit of stuff with front post treble and back post treble. And I struggled a little with the way that, because of the way that I hold my hook and yarn, I struggled a little with the back post treble, but actually from doing this project, and I only started this last night, um, actually I can see that I've I've already started to get to grips with it and started to get the hang of it. And I really like the effect and I'm pleased with the yarn choice I had as well. Originally I was thinking about using three different shades of grey. Um, you know, I love grey. And using up some of my Icelandic wool. But actually I'm really pleased that I'm using this up instead. And like I say, this was a shawl, so... If I could finish it before Thursday night, this could be my very final festival of finishing contender. I don't think that's going to happen. I've got until midnight tomorrow night. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's a nice it's a nice thought. I'm about a fifth of the way through, so let's see what happens with that one. You know me, I've just set myself a deadline, haven't I? I love a deadline and I in my head now I've just challenged myself. The little imp on my left shoulder is saying, do it, do it, do it. And the one on my right is saying, do you know how much work you've got to get through? And this is not a priority. <laughs> mm. Will I have that finished by Thursday night? Who knows? Ridiculous woman. So that's my only whip that I have at the moment. But what I wanted to do was show you a couple of future whips that I wanted to do. Um, so I've mentioned already that one of them is going to be the Mordecai socks from the Step Into Crochet book. And I'm going to make two pairs of those. So the first pair will be in the West Yorkshire Spinners Signature 4-ply. Now, although this is a British yarn, it's actually made in Yorkshire, I do believe that this is kind of readily available worldwide, especially as a lot of people tend to make use of Wool Warehouse and the fact that they've got pretty good um, postage and packaging deals. And this one is in a really autumnal, burnt, russety orange colour. Um, and this is uh, 400 metres per 100 grams, 75% wool, 25% nylon, and of the wool content, 
35% of it is blue-faced Leicester, which is a really nice wool to have in socks. It, it's actually, it's soft, but it's actually quite hard wearing as well. And the colour is, it doesn't give a specific colour, but it is, I think it's, the numbers that it gives me on the back in case you're interested in buying it are 06 630 So one pair of Mordecai's coming up in those. And the other one that I've chosen, again, I've deliberately gone to my sock roll stash and chosen yarns I think are readily available worldwide. So I've done the Regia, I've done the Sockshia, which again you can get um, worldwide. My fourth one is the Lang Yarns Yowl. And again, really similar content, 75% wool, 25% polyamide. And this one is colourway 6340, which is a very soft, light grey colour. It's quite marled and it's a lovely soft wool. Now, if anybody else is thinking about using Lang Yawl, let me just pop it out of the middle. Inside of the middle of the little hank that you get. It's not quite a ball or a cake, but it's a hank. And inside the middle, you always get a little reel of... Um, what do they call it? I want to say support yarn. It's not. It Basically, you can use this in the heels and the toes to give it extra strength and durability. Now, I knitted a pair of socks probably about four months ago now. And I forgot to put this extra yarn into the toes of my socks. And I just used what was on the hank and I went back and looked at them the other day and there is definitely an awful lot more wear on the sock that doesn't have this extra yarn um, knitted into it. So if you're thinking about crocheting up or knitting a pair of socks using this yarn I would say most definitely use the reinforcement thread that's what it's called bingo it's just come to me use the reinforcement thread on your heels and on your toes because I suspect that within a few more wears my very pointy toe will have poked through that one that I didn't use the reinforcement thread on um, which means I'm going to have to go back rip it out and add the thread into it so I mean useful for you guys because you now know that but less useful for me because I'm going to have to do work on that pair of socks um, you don't use the reinforcement thread right the way through it because you don't have enough of it. But there is most definitely enough there to do um, heels and toes of your socks. So I will be using this one from my second pair of Mordecai's. And I'll let you know how I get on with them. My plan is to do them by next month, end of next month. And to be able to talk about the Step Into Crochet book at length and give it a proper review because I will have made, well, three and a half pairs of socks um, and also to be able to talk about all of these lovely yarns I'm using and give you some idea of which ones I think are wearing best and fit best because although they're the same makeup and pretty much the same yardage, they do behave really quite differently. So that's coming. Now the other thing I would say is if you're interested in buying this book and you're UK based, 
hold off because FW Media, who are the publishers for it in the UK, have offered listeners and watchers a £5 voucher. So, and that includes free postage and packaging, which is a really, really good deal. Um, I don't know how much it retails for in the UK. I think it's £15.99 or £16.99. So free postage and packaging and £5 off is a really good deal. Um, and what I'm going to do is get in touch with FW Media and see if there's any way of offering that on a worldwide basis rather than just for the UK. So it might be that um, Interwave, who are the US publishers for this, I believe, can do something for America and Canada and I can try and do something for other places globally as well. So I'll get back in touch with FW Media and find out whether I can put that offer out beyond just UK listeners and watchers. But one of the things that I wanted to touch on with that is just because they've offered us £5 off that in no way changes the way that I would review this book. A review to me is a review and you tell it like it is, good, bad, ugly. What I will say is, having done one pattern, I haven't found any ugly yet, and I wouldn't encourage you to hold off and wait and buy a book if I thought it was going to be rubbish. So unless there's something drastically the matter with the Mordecai sock, um, I would say that this is a pretty sure bet, but I will give you a full review next month. Quite exciting to crochet more socks. This book has really changed things up for me um, and really made me think about the size of sock that I need to make and one size doesn't fit all and think about my measurements. So I'll keep on pinging bits and pieces on Ravelry and Instagram and show you how I'm getting on with these throughout the month. So I've already touched on the fact that Festival of Finishing is coming to a close. Um, and today is Wednesday the 30th, so it finishes tomorrow, Thursday the 31st at midnight, and then this podcast will go live on the Friday. So as I record, I can't give you our finished totals. However, <laughs> I before I came out to record this morning, I ran through all of the projects that we had, and there were about 77 of them on Ravelry and about 60 of them on Instagram. I counted up to about, it was about 139 because there were some more in Ravelry in a different thread. And that's 139 and my goal was to try and get to 150. So before we came out here I recorded a little Instagram message and popped that out and said get your FOs in, you've got until tomorrow midnight. And from that We've got another three people that have come forward that are definitely going to have finished objects by tomorrow. So I only need eight more and we've hit our total of 150 finished objects, which I'm fairly sure we will get to. I might be up until midnight doing this cushion panel to make sure we get to 150. But we're so close and I'm so chuffed that we're going to raise so much money for Knit for Peace. Um, so I can't give you a kind of final total, but I will put it up into the Ravelry thread and I will add it into Instagram when we get there tomorrow night. The response has just been fantastic. Looking through them today and just the, the variation of projects has been quite incredible. 
lots and lots of blankets. Loads of people have used the festival of finishing of a way of finishing off those really big projects and, and getting them done. So Tamara did loads of blankets and Being Me did a blanket. There were just there were loads of them. Um Hannah, I don't Hannah from the Cozy Cottage podcast, she did a king size bedspread and it wasn't like I would do it and just go, Oh, I'll just keep your feet warm. Hannah has done a bedspread. It is absolutely huge. Um and she got that finished off for Festival of Finishing. Um, just all sorts of stuff. We've had pin cushions, some really lovely stories behind it as well. There was one lady who her grandmother had passed something down to her auntie and her auntie had passed it down to her and she was the one that was finishing it off. And I just thought that's really lovely that there's something that's come down through the ages and because of the Festival of Finishing, it's going to see the light of day and have an end point. And there was somebody else that was fixing jewellery and using it almost like a repair workshop for all the bits and pieces that they had lying about. A bit a bit like I did, I guess, with my pin cushions. And just had a proper good old clear out and finished off all the little jobs. It's been fab. And as you'd expect, loads and loads of shawls. We've had dresses, cardigans, there was a capelet. Um, there was a lady, and I can't remember your name, I'm sorry... But she had made herself a dress, which was brown, and she called it the poo dress. <laughs> she just made me laugh. And then she'd been crocheting loads of motifs to go onto it. So there was a lizard and there were flowers. And then she's been adding these into her poo dress to make the poo dress way more interesting. Absolutely beautiful work. So whether you managed to do anything for festival finishing or not, or you've done like some of them 13, 14, 15 projects, um, that was Artie Daisy and Lisa. I think the pair of you were just finding and finding and finding projects out. So thank you for that. But go and look at the hashtag festival of finishing and have a look at all of the finished objects in the Ravelry thread. The Just the breadth of projects is incredible. And the just the amount of time and effort that people took out to sort out sort through their stash and finish off projects is really greatly appreciated by me. I know Knit for Peace will be happy as well because they've got lots of money coming their way. And remember, that's not just me. That Claudia from Crochet Luna podcast and Kathy and Caroline from Evertotes and Caroline's from the Fibre Friends podcast are also donating to that prize fund. So it's not just one hundred and fifty pounds from me. If we get there, I really hope we get there. And um, but there's also money coming from those as well. So we've got quite a lot of money going to be donated for all of your hard work and effort. So thank you. Really kind of warms the cockles of my heart that you're so willing to get involved and and be part of crochet alongs and craft alongs with me it's really it's really nice i've gone all gushy (laughs) that's not like me i blame my friend because um i saw her at the weekend i'm I'm trying to take my my uh, footwear off i saw her at the weekend and I'm sure all of you that have seen me, not just let I'm sure even when you listen to me, the one thing you'll understand is I'm not I'm not pink and fluffy, I don't do rainbows and I don't do unicorns. But my friend thought that uh, I definitely needed to be gifted a pair of unicorn slippers. And I'm just wondering, these are what I've got on my feet today, because it's quite chilly 
in my office and I'm just wondering if the power of the unicorn is having an effect and that's what's making me a little more gushy today. Mm. Maybe I'll go back to my big woolly sheep slippers and see what that does. <laughs> so my intention is to send a couple of bits over to Knit for Peace as well. They can always do with needles and wool that they can hand out to people and they, they do all sorts of projects. It's not just finished objects that go out. So when I send them the money, I will send them some other um, bits and bobs. And I think what I'm going to do is send them a really nice letter and give them a selection of the 150 projects that you guys have been working on and make it clear to them that it's not... I'm. I'm just the one that's writing a cheque. Yes, I've earned that money to be able to write the cheque, but actually it's all the hard work throughout the summer that's made this possible. And I would like Knit for Peace to be aware of how much hard work you guys have put in for a good cause. So I think what I'll do is write them a little letter, show you guys on Ravelry the letter, and then I'll send that off to them and kind of give them an idea of how many people have participated in this throughout the summer. So I have a few more cals I wanted to mention. Um, I'm going to, by the time this goes live, I will have added a few more of the cals that are ongoing at the moment. So things like Emma from Potter and Bloom has got a crochet along with one of her patterns that starts on the 1st of September. I'll put those details up. Clarissabeth Crochet Cakes has got a garment going... Uh, She's got a garment cowl going on as well, but it's a specific garment. I think that's just about to start on the 1st of September as well. Um, Hannah was about to start a cowl, so I'll add, rather than me going through them here, I will pop it all into the Ravelry thread. And then come the end of August, I'll clean up all of the old crochet alongs and knit alongs. And then all you'll have are the ones that are current and ongoing over the next few months. There's quite a lot going on with that, which is great. So I've just popped out to go and grab a coffee. And whilst I was there, I checked my phone. And Joe Feather and Threads has just pinged a comment back on my Instagram plea for people to fill up the FO thread. And she's got two things that she hadn't yet put into the Ravelry thread or onto Instagram. So we only need six more. Six more we've hit 150 for Festival of Finishing. Yay! We can do it. We'll totally get to 150. We'll be there. So, listeners, you won't see the difference in what's just happened. But viewers, I just did like a Superman... Uh, telephone box changeover and previously I was wearing my Leala top which is um, it's a Marie Wallen design that's actually a free to download pattern on the Rowan website you just sign up it doesn't cost you any money and you just sign up to be one of their subscribers um, and that's available free of charge and I did that in a yarn that's no longer available but it was um, by Jeanette Sloan, really beautiful. It's an alpaca base and it was a four ply, um, but it was a standard, I think it was 400 meters per 100 grams. So um, you could easily yarn sub that one. And I've changed into my Riverette top, which um, is interesting. I've only worn this once before and I didn't wear it for very long, but it's made out of Icelandic lopi, 
which isn't anywhere near as scratchy as some people would think it would be. I mean, I know I'm, I am not like most people and I can take much tougher yarns directly on my skin than a lot of people can. Um, but I'm really quite enjoying wearing it. So Riverette was in Pom Pom Quarterly magazine and I think I probably made this about seven months ago. And the reason that I've got these on today and that I've just done a little swap around is because the next bit that I want to talk about is the back to school sweater crochet along, which has been run by Tamara and Helen. I mentioned it last time round on the podcast and it started. Tamara put her blog out last week, so that's the blog hop started. I'll provide links in the show notes for it. My blog hop is coming later on in September and it's all about finishing techniques and blocking. So um, hopefully I'll have something to block by that point. But I thought what I would do is show you. I sat on Ravelry this morning when, when I should have been out here recording, going, that's what I'm going to make, that's what I'm going to make, that's it, that's it, decided. And then I go, oh, but I really want to make that top as well. No, no, that's the one that I'm going to make. That's it, I've decided. And then finally, I've come back to the one that was my original choice, which is the Aberdeen Castle Cable Sweater. Um, and it's designed by a lady called Noelle Styles. I think she's American. I'll show you the photo, but actually what I'm going to do is get in touch with Noelle and see if she will let me use her actual photo because the printout isn't as good as I would like it to be. It's really beautiful top. At the moment it's a kind of one third length sleeve top, not unlike the one that I'm wearing, the Riverette top. And it comes down into almost a square off boat neck. And again, not unlike the Riverette top that I'm wearing, it's got a front central panel. But on this one, it's cables. Now, I've never done um, crochet cables before, so I'm really looking forward to having that part of interest. But I will very quickly show you the, the diagram for the um, cables. I won't add a photo of this to the show notes. The only reason I'm quickly whipping it up onto the video is to show you what I'm facing. It looks like, to me, lots of um, kind of skull and crossbones. <laughs> so this is going to be quite a complex pattern for me to try, but I figured, go big or go home. There's no point in me just doing a garment that isn't going to stretch me. I want to have something that is going to be more difficult for me to crochet up. I don't I don't want something that's just gonna go in the round and be really easy. I want to learn new techniques with that one. So, so the yarn that I'm using is the Shellister yarn that I bought when I was up in Scotland with my birthday money. So this is my crocheted version of my birthday jumper. And it is really lovely, lovely, soft, um, soft yarn and the the yarn that's in the photo in the one that um, Noelle Styles had done it's like quite an electric blue colour um, but there are slight changes in the shading I think um, it's a Madeleine Tosh merino light that she's used and the, the colour I think is called Cousteau 
Now, so there are some shading elements through that as you quite often get in Madeleine Tosh yarns. And I've got exactly the same going on with this Shillister yarn. It's naturally dyed using Hawthorne. And the yarn base, it's the, their luxury four ply weight. So it's 200 metres per 50 grams. So fairly, again, fairly standard meterage for a four ply. And it's 10% baby alpaca, 10% baby camel, 40% angora and 40% merino lambswool. So it's really lovely and soft to handle. And I think that will lead me to a really nice, soft and warm but lightweight um, garment, which is what I'm after. I run warm, so it's unusual for me to be cold. If I'm cold, I'm ill. And um, so I don't need big, bulky jumpers um, and really tight fitting and that's that's not what I do so I'm, I'm really looking forward to lots of elements actually doing a garment that's really going to push me into an area that I've not done before and, and be challenging using Shillister yarn because I've long wanted to and I've I've done little bits with it before but I've never done a whole big project with Shillister using up birthday yarn that I got from my family um, and the other aspect is being part of somebody else's cal and I, I know parts of it are being run from within the Crochet Circle podcast and um, within the Ravelry thread and I have a keen interest in this cal but I really love what um, Helen and Tamara are doing with it and the fact that they've got it in with the blog hop and that it's a very involved crochet along and whilst it's specific it's about garments actually you're free to choose your own garment and um, because not everybody likes the same things so yeah loving it very excited about that and now as part of my part of the blog hop i will add it not just from the tit hook it but i'll do it into the crochet circle podcast as well on ravelry and on instagram because one of the things that I will be giving away as part of the cal is a complete blocking set. So you will get four blocking mats and the pins that you need as well. So it's a prize that I thought was a really good one. Um, and it also links back to the blog hop that I'm doing so very specifically about finishing and blocking your finished garments. So... There's lots going on. And I got um I was pinged a message by Rosina from the Zines and Roger podcast and she's putting up a prize, a pattern prize as well. So yeah, there are all sorts of goodies going forward for this crochet along. It's very exciting. So do get involved. Even if you haven't crocheted a garment before, if you go into the groups tab in the Crochet Circle podcast. So don't go into the forum, but click on the Groups tab up at the top of Ravelry and then click into the Crochet Circle. On the right-hand side widget bar, you'll see something called Bundles and there's a bundle that's been made there and more garments have been added into that and all sorts of different abilities. So stuff for beginners and for more advanced, like the stuff that I'm doing um, but have a look at all the lovely designs that have been pulled out by the people that are doing the blog hop and see what's available to you. So, I need to get cracking with this, but I'm not allowed to start until the 16th of September. I think my blog hop is on the 26th of September. 
So I don't think inside of 10 days I'm going to have a garment that I can then use for my blog. So I'm going to have to find another way around that. Maybe a baby cardigan or something instead. But yeah, looking forward to this one. Please get involved. There's a very active thread on Ravelry and lots of the information is on um, Instagram already. And it is hashtag back to school sweater cal. And also I wanted to say thank you to Dixie Girl 9876 um, She pointed me towards the feather and fan top, which I really like. And Caroline from the Crochet Cakes podcast. She's done it. It looks beautiful on. Um, so I've seen her wearing it and then Clarissa Beth nicked it and she was wearing it last time round. Um, it's a really lovely top and yeah, there's so many to choose from. I actually would really like to have two done by the end of the cal. And in my head, what I'm actually thinking is two and design my own. It's not going to happen. But in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, that's totally feasible. It's feasible if I don't drink and clean my house. Not drink. If I don't eat and clean my house and do all the other things I'm meant to be doing. You know, like earning money. Right. So that gives you a little flavour of what I'm going to be up to for the cal. Um, what you can expect from me. But yeah, get involved. It'd be lovely to have you involved in the crochet along. So, on to feeding the habit. I only have one thing. It, I mean, that tells you how bad it is. I've been so busy that I haven't really been out and about. I haven't been shopping. I haven't done anything much other than crochet. And I went to Northern Ireland, but I'll come across that on what's good. But what I did buy, and I bought it because this is part of a design and it's going to be part of a cow, which I can tell you a little bit about. But I did get some gorgeous yarn from Green Elephant. Now, this is a company that I came across a few months ago and I really like what she does. She's based in Ireland. She's based in Southern Ireland and her website is greenelephantyarn.com and what I'm holding up is a 75% superwash merino, 25% nylon yarn and it's called Jim Nut. And I think why it's called Jim Nut is, you know, all the rage at the moment are those gym leggings that are really, really bright and quite like loud geometric shapes. I, th I think that's what this is based on because the base colour is a gluey grey, quite light, and then it has these and pops, pops of colour, the only correct term for this of luminous green <laughs> and little bits of almost like a luminous turquoise in there as well and it's beautiful it this is not something that I would normally be drawn to but I couldn't help myself it is just glorious and it's got little speckles in there as well and I'm so intrigued to see how this crochets up so a wee while ago, you will remember that I did, well, you might not remember because I talk a lot, I spraff a lot on this podcast. A wee while ago, you may or may not remember that um, I did a shawl pattern, which was called 
crisscross. And it was kind of loosely based on the windows of my old house. Well, that's what it became loosely based on. And I didn't ever put that pattern out. And I know that people were genuinely interested in it and have asked me subsequently when they can get hold of the pattern when it's going up for sale. And actually, it's not going up for sale. What is going to happen with that pattern is it's going to be part of a crochet along with All and And magazine, which is an online magazine which is now bi-monthly and that I've talked about before. And in I think it's going out in the November edition, they're going to have a crochet along with the crisscross shawl pattern. Now, I've already done that shawl. I did it in Tanya's um, yarn that she came up with, which I got way back in March at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, her shorelines and strata yarn is really beautiful. Well, it's wool, really beautiful to work with. Um, but what I wanted to do was remake that as part of the crochet along with an Irish yarn because Ollanand is based in Ireland and I thought it would be really nice to be able to show it in Tanya's yarn and also to show it in a different type of four-ply yarn with colour because Tanya's is undyed, it's really beautiful, natural yarn but I want to show how the same pattern can look totally different if you go for something that is dyed and is almost a slightly more commercial yarn and that's what this is. So although this is hand dyed, the base is effectively like a commercial yarn. It's like all of the other um, yarn bases that indie dyers use. And I just thought this could be really interesting in that crisscross pattern and quite varied. So what that means is between now and when the crochet along goes live, I need to remake the crisscross shawl shoot a YouTube tutorial and um, have all of that ready so that it's ready to go out on the All and And website. It's already been um, tech edited so that bit is done, that's great. So that's a load of work already done and out the way. It's already set in my standard pattern but I have to do the YouTube tutorial. So that's the next cal beyond the sweater cal that I'm going to be working on and taking part in. So come and join me in November and come and join all in and the lovely Laura and Deirdre in a crochet along. I don't think I'm wrong in saying it's their first ever crochet along. So great, great that um, it's one of my patterns and I'm dead chuffed that I'm going to be using Irish yarn for what is essentially an Irish magazine crochet along. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, it means that Crisscross will be available free of charge and you can join in as part of that. It's going to be a busy end of year. And again, I have to do that before I have my shoulder operation. So everything has been timed in. <laughs> oh, It's going to be fun come the back end of this year. So that is my one and only feeding the habit because... I bought that for a design and I haven't got anything else. That's that's it, even though I was at a yarn festival, but I was vending. So when you're vending at a yarn festival, you do not get the opportunity to go out and have a look and see what else is out there. 
So in the last episode, I ran a quick competition on YouTube and on Ravelry for somebody to win one of the TARDIS cushion kits I um, said I would pull together. And this morning I drew for that prize and the winner was Flick. So well done, Flick. Um, I've already been in touch with her and she's come back to me and I'm actually going to be seeing Flick in October in London because um, a few of us are gathering there to do our own little um, yarn crawl. And Flick is one of the people that will be there. So um, I will pass her on all of her TARDIS goodies at that point. So yeah, well done Flick. Um, I do have another competition lined up. I think I'll wait until next podcast to sort all of that out. Mainly because I wasn't organised enough and didn't bring the stuff outside with me. But I will do it next time around. So that brings me on to Big Up. And I've got a couple of podcasts for you this time round. The first one is a new crochet podcast. I say new, but actually she's already got four episodes out. Her name is Charlie and her podcast is Love Charlie Crochet and she is on YouTube. She's actually quite local to me. So Charlie, if you're watching this, shall we meet up at Black Sheep Sheep Wools at some point? And if you're not watching this, I'm going to ping you a message and tell you to come and meet me for a coffee anyway, because um, I don't I don't really have local podcasters to me. So it's amazing that somebody else lives in the Cheshire area. And I think she probably is within striking distance of Black Sheep Pools as well. So let's meet for coffee. Let's go and have cake and let's talk crochet. That'd be so fun. I'd love it. Um, so yeah, go and check out Charlie. Like I say, it's Love Charlie um, Crochet. I haven't dipped into loads of her podcasts yet, um, but like I say, she's got four. She's got a lovely self-deprecating way about her. She's kind of finding her feet and she uses lots of different um, lots of different yarns and she also designs. So an interesting one to to go and see and look for and she's got quite a yarn stash behind her when I was watching her podcast I was thinking yeah she's she's not dissimilar to myself she likes a bit of wool (laughs) Um, and the other one that I would like to point you towards and you may already know this one her name is Grace and she has a podcast called Babbles Travelling Yarns and I first started watching Grace way back when she was over, um, I think she was in Tasmania at the time. And she's now back in Ireland and uh, permanently and working and she's done her travels and she's still podcasting. Now, Grace is predominantly a knitter um, and she, do, she knits beautiful things. But one of the reasons I like Babbles Travelling Yarns podcast is because she is crazy uh, she's she's just a nutter and I love her I love I love the way that she is and she just like I am always attracted to people that have that naughty little glint in their eye and the people that not people that don't have any filters because of course you need filters but the people that are willing to just be daft just be dafties I love a dafty and crazy Grace is a dafty. <laughs> her Instagram feed is hilarious, especially her stories. Um, she always makes me laugh. Um, 
you know, she just does silly things and I really appreciate that. She doesn't take herself too seriously. Um, so yeah, if that's your thing and you like to just come across somebody who will just like chat and spraff away and still talk about crafting stuff, then I point you towards Grace at Bubbles Travelling Yarns. It's not a particularly serious podcast, but it's good fun. And also, you know, she's Irish, so if you need to get your Celtic fix on, Grace is a good one to go for. One of the reasons that I mention her this time round, other than, yeah, it's a really nice podcast, um, is also because my What's Good was that I had just been over in Northern Ireland for a show at the beginning of this month. And it was so nice to be in Ireland again. So the part of Scotland that I am most recently from is Stranraer, which is in the southwest of Scotland. Now, Stranraer is where all of the ferries have traditionally gone, not all of them, but most of the ferries have traditionally gone from Scotland over to Northern Ireland. We have a really good connection with Ireland in the southwest of Scotland and Stranraer in particular. And what that also meant was that when I was a teenager, if I wanted to go and do a day's shopping, it was as easy for me to jump on the ferry as a foot passenger and go shopping in Belfast for the day as it was for me to jump in my car or get on a bus or a train and head to Glasgow or go to air. But if you wanted to do a really big shop, you would go to Glasgow or you'd go to Belfast and I just used to go to Belfast. And it was just dead easy to go over and be in Northern Ireland for the day. So I have a real affinity, not just with Northern Ireland, but with Ireland at large. And being that, that close to Ireland as well, it's, I think, quite heavily influenced the southwest of Scotland and Stranraer and vice versa. So it was really nice to be back in Northern Ireland. It's been a number of years since I was there. And like one of the things I found really quite refreshing, and it took me a little while to get used to it, but people are just so flaming friendly. And I had loads of people just really chatty coming and talking to me and really tactile, like holding onto my arm and like they just touch you and are like, oh hello and how are you doing? And it took me a good half an hour to kind of reset my buttons and go, no, this is just what people do. This is normal. This is the way it should be. You, you know, you shouldn't have somebody touch your arm and go, why are you touching my arm? <laughs> That's not normal. And then by the end of the show, and I'd talked all day long, that was me. I'd clicked straight back into like rural living and just being really tactile and being a total gas bag. I talked all day long and I had a ball at the Yarn Folk Festival. I vended there, I got on the ferry, I was on the four o'clock ferry, landed at six and the yarn show opened at ten and I had three hours luckily to do set up and just managed it, it was a push. And then the show shut at six and I was back on the eight o'clock ferry that night. It was a really hard day and it is the first yarn festival that's ever been on in Ireland and it was really well attended and I came across the loveliest people and they were so welcoming and friendly and gobsmacked that people would come over from the mainland and um, Skin Queen was there, Unbelievable was there, I'd come over and 
um, I had one guy had said to me, oh, where, where have you come from? Your accent isn't from here. I was like, oh, no, no, I've come over from the mainland. And he said, oh, I thought you were Welsh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not Welsh. <laughs> He's like, where are you from then? I was like, ah, Stranor. Oh, okay, just up the road. And I was thinking, no, Stranor's not in Ireland either. It was very funny. Lots of people thought it was Irish. Somebody who thought it was Welsh. Somebody else who, when I when I said it was from Cheshire, went, oh, I, th- I thought you had a different accent. I was like, yeah, but I'm Scottish. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have said you had a Scottish accent. So clearly I just have a very roaming accent. don't quite know where I'm from. But I'll tell you, by the end of that day, I was Northern Irish. That was the accent that I had on me. I do have a bit of a roaming accent, so if I was in Birmingham for the day, by the end of it, I would have a Bromley lilt or, you know, a, a Manchester lilt. Or when I go home to Scotland, the Scottish really comes out in me. Um, but yeah, end of the day, I was fully Northern Irish. That was it, or just Irish. Um, but it was such a good festival. I genuinely really hope that they run it next year again because I would look to do it again I just met so many nice people and one of the people I finally got to meet face to face was Laura from Olin and Magazine now Laura was great because she wasn't vending there and she went and took loads and loads of photos and went into real depth about the different vendors so what I'm going to do is link you within the show notes to the um, vlog podcast that she did about the event because it was just fabulous it's within um, summer holidays so if you were looking if they run it next year and you were looking to go to Northern Ireland I think you would really enjoy that festival it's in multiple locations including a yarn shop they had workshops going it was just really good and they had some really cool brands there like Green Elephant that I'd um come across before but never been able to squish their yarn and the other one that I would point you towards is a really lovely um, couple and their company is Bear in Sheep's Clothing now this card is battered so apologies because it came all the way back in in whatever crate I'd packed stuff into but their website is bearedinsheepsclothing.com and the, their stuff is on Etsy at the moment. So it's bearedinsheepsclothing.etsy.com and Instagram is at bearedinsheepsclothing. And one of the reasons that I'm pointing these guys out is because they actually do quite a lot of their stuff on British breed yarns. So you've still got that indie dyed element, but it's on British breed yarns. So some really quite interesting blends and some quite interesting breeds. These guys are also going to be at the Nottingham Yarn Expo, which is the next one that I'm vending at. So if you're going to be at Nottingham, go and have a look at what these guys are up to. I mean, obviously, come and see me as well and come and say hello and get a big squishy hug. But also, please check out Beard and Sheep's Clothing. Um, it was one of those I managed to just go and see them at the very end of the day. And when I'd seen them, like, their stock levels had been decimated. But I was like, I really wish I'd been to see you guys at the beginning of the day because I'd love to have seen the array of stuff that they had in the different breeds. Really, really nice. And worth giving a follow on Instagram as well. Um, But Laura goes through every single one of the vendors that were there. So have a look. If you want to see what's going on in Ireland, 
and um, what was going on with the Orange Festival. That's a really nice way of doing it and seeing what was going on. And I think that's it. That was what was good. Venturing further than my house for once and just being with the loveliest people and having fun. I had fun all day long. I was knackered, like absolutely shattered and I got home at half ten, quarter to eleven that night. So I'd been up since two, five past two that morning, got home at quarter to eleven that night and but I had a ball. I wouldn't change it. It was so much fun. Met so many lovely people. Um, totally be inspired by people and their projects and the beautiful work that they do. And do you know what's really, really good? Sorry, I'm I'm yabbling on about this because it was such a good yarn festival. But I would say a good 90% of the people I spoke to were crocheters. That never happens. At all of the festivals that I have been to and vended at in the UK, it's the other way around. 90% of the people were knitters first and foremost, and then 10% were crocheters. 90% of them were crocheters easily. And so much interest in crochet. And of course, Irish crochet has really got its place in history. So maybe that's just bred more crocheters than knitters. But I was so pleased to see it. And just real quality crochet that these people were doing. And real interest in it as well. It wasn't, it wasn't a sideline activity. It wasn't a sideline craft. They were really passionate about crochet. So yeah, it was, it was just fab. Right. So in the coming month, I'm going to be working away on more socks and sweaters and interesting little bits and pieces that I might be able to share some more on. Um, we've got cowls galore. Um, and I'm going to try really hard to get onto Ravelry a little bit more on Instagram because I really feel like I've neglected them both. The upside is you're all fabulous and you keep it going anyway. Like I'm almost irrelevant. But I want to be in there interacting with everybody. So... I expect to be in Ravelry a little bit more. Have fun and I'll see you in October. Bye bye. See, I'm waving. I hope you're waving back. Bye. Are you waving? Wave. You are waving, aren't you? Are you waving? Bye. Why am I singing Thomas the Tank Engine? Ah, it's because we had the uh, the Canadines here for Bank Holiday Weekend. And they're, well, Winky is a little bit Thomas obsessed. When he comes and stays with us, we've got him a little blow up Thomas the Tank Engine bed that he sleeps in. So that's why I'm singing Thomas the Tank Engine. Shut up now, just shut up. Done, done, done. I think that's it. I think we're done. I think that is a wrap. I think. Can I say I think a few more times? Probably. I think episode twenty is in the bag. So, until next month, have a fab time. 
I'll be in touch on the medias. Medias, medias. I'll be in touch on the medias. You've lost it. You've had too much coffee.